The Authentic Accountant is sponsored by Intuit. Intuit helps you leverage the latest technologies and works with you to create tomorrow's future innovations for your firm. Visit quickbooks.intuit.com. Welcome to the Authentic Accountant Podcast with Seth David and co-host Erica Ed. If you've ever wanted to know the real story behind the most successful business leaders in the world today, stay tuned. Every story doesn't have an instant success, peaches and cream background. We'll ask the questions that need to be asked and get the true stories of success. Now, here is Seth David and Erica Ed. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Authentic Accountant Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Erica. Hey, everybody. How you doing? And today we have no guest because we're doing a special segment, which we'll be doing once every month. And this is called On the Road to Authenticity. And this is going to be step one on the road to authenticity. So we're going to be talking about uh, some of the lessons that we're learning along the way, especially as we're interviewing people. And also just from our own direct experiences, we want to share some ideas and thoughts we have with our listeners, our audience, that really concerns itself with how we kind of deal with life and the things that get thrown at us and how to navigate those waters in our businesses and in our lives at large as well, I think it's going to, I think people are going to find it's going to be universally applicable. What do you think, Erica? I couldn't agree more. But before we get to all of that, let me ask you a question, Seth. Mm-hmm. Have you been in QuickBooks Online today? Of course I have. First thing I do just about every day, get in there, update my bank feeds, make sure I'm not running out of money. That's what I love about QuickBooks Online, especially because if you manage the bank feeds regularly, it doesn't take more than a minute or two maybe three sometimes, right? If something new comes up that I never, where I never shopped before, right? Then I have to spend an extra few seconds figuring out where to code that. But it's so You easy. know what I love about it? What? The rules. Yeah. In the bank feed, you make the rules, you set them once and you forget them, walk away. It does the work itself. Exactly. I still like to check them just to make sure. For that, sure. You know, but I, yeah, I love the rules too. In fact, you know what I did with one of the rules once? What? I, because, you know, when I buy things at Best Buy, right, sometimes I want to capitalize it as a fixed asset, and sometimes it's just an expense. It depends on how much I spent there. Mm-hmm. So I have a rule, and I did a video on this, by the way. It's on our YouTube channel. And it goes over how to create the rule with thresholds. So if I spend $500 or more at Best Buy, it goes to fixed assets. If I spend under 500 at Best Buy, it goes to my computer and internet expenses account. Genius. I love that. I love it. Where can we find that video, Seth? It's on YouTube. It's on the Nerd Enterprises YouTube channel. And I forget the exact name of it, but it, you'll, you'll recognize it when you see the title because the title talks specifically about how to automate the uh, coding of an expense to an asset versus an expense, something like that. So. Very good stuff. Very good stuff. All right. Shall we get started? Let's do this. Let's talk about this. So we're talking about step one on the road to authenticity. And the theme of step one is going to be something that can be summed up with a single word. You know what that word is, Erica? That word is powerlessness. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I think one of the things that uh, we, you know, we all as business owners get into struggles. And as people, we get into struggles. We get into conflicts with others, right? We disagree. A customer doesn't pay us. A vendor doesn't give us what we want when we expect to get it or on time. A coworker yeah. doesn't do what they told us they were going to do when they told us they were going to do it. Stuff yeah. happens, right? Yeah. A lot of us use a different word in that phrase. But we're, we'll keep it G-rated here. 
right? I, let me give you an example. I had a, an incident uh, last week. I was waiting for a very important package from FedEx. Well, FedEx didn't decided that they didn't want to come in to my building. So they just left a note at the front door. I was home. I had actually canceled an appointment to wait for them to arrive. And they just left the ticket at the door and walked away. I have no control over that. Mm -hmm. So literally there are countless things throughout the day that I have, that I'm completely powerless over. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, it's not something that I like to admit. No, I, I, I think a lot of us have trouble with this, especially when we're talking about the typical, not all, but the typical business owner, I think tends to be an alpha or an A type, which refers to the fact that we like to feel like we have control over everything. Well, and also just by the very nature, I mean, when you're entrepreneurial and you start your own thing, especially in the beginning, you kind of are everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everything is sort of your responsibility and everything falls on your plate. You wear all those different hats. And even as your business grows and scales and you, you, you hire employees and you have departments now underneath you or whatever the situation may be, ultimately, at the end of the day, you're still responsible for the, the wellness of your business, right? So how can we say, well, I can't afford to be powerless, right? Right. And, and, it's a, and the tendency is to... Uh, you know, uh, it, let's put it in the extreme, right? In the extreme, when we're maybe least aware of what's going on, we fly off the handle, right? We get really angry. We start yelling and screaming. We call FedEx and we start screaming at them saying, what's wrong with you? How could you do that? How, how could you be so stupid, right? And we want to go off on somebody because we're angry. And then some more things that we say that we shouldn't say, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Certain words, expletives, shall we call them? And then you start getting them, ma'am, can you please, please be professional? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's, I'll share another kind of funny story with you on this. It's, I'm aware, I'm not, I'm obviously leaving names out, but I am aware of a company that I do a lot of work with where there is a particular customer, a colleague of ours, who is known amongst their support teams because he frequently has gotten on the phone with them and flown off the handle and yelled and screamed. And let's face it, a lot of us do that. I think we feel like it's a support person. So it's almost like we think it's excused that they're meant to be punching bags. We're supposed to be able to call them up and curse them out, right? Right. (laughs) Meanwhile, nothing could be further from the truth. I've actually found in my experience the best way to get help from a support person is to be calm. And sometimes I'll just say point blank, you know, hey, look, I'm really frustrated. I know it's not your fault. So, you know, please help me, (laughs) right? And that's usually the best approach. We'll get more into the solution later. I want to focus on the powerlessness because I think the important thing is to understand what it means to be powerless and to understand where we are powerless versus where we are not, right? Mm -hmm. What am I powerless over? I'm really, to boil it down simply, I'm powerless over other people, places, and things, right? Right. I, I might like to think I have control over employees. I might like to think I have control over vendors and people I work with in general. But the truth is I have absolutely no control. I can't control how somebody behaves or what they do or what they don't do. Mm-hmm. Right? right. So it's people, places, and things. And, and again, we're going to get more into the solution later. But it's, I think it's the whole process of step one starts with the awareness of that. Right? Right. Because yeah, I mean, I think that is the beginning of this sort of journey is, is coming to that realization that, that, which, like I said, you know, before, that, was, that, that, that is not something that I like to admit. I like to rely on myself. I'm very independent. I'm very capable. I have very strong will. 
right? All of those things, which are good qualities in a business owner and an entrepreneur and whatever. I can't, like I said, I can't afford to be powerless. The problem is, is that it doesn't matter whether I like to admit it or not. It is what it is, Uh right? Even if I have the strongest will and I'm the most capable person and I have all of, all of the things in my world under my control, right? Air quotes control. (laughs) Um, because you can't see me. Those were nice uh, air quotes, by the way. I saw them. They looked good, didn't they? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it doesn't matter what I believe to be true. The fact is that employee may not do their job. That my colleague may not show up on time for this meeting, right? Those things that those other people, those other places and those other things are going to do whatever they do, independent of what I think I have control over, Right. right. And that's like, it doesn't, it, it doesn't make you less of a person. It doesn't make you a less successful business owner. I, I almost think it, it's, the, it's the opposite, really. It's, it's having the awareness that you're powerless over those people that, in fact, gives you power. Right. Right. Absolutely. And I think, you know, what I can say from my own direct experience is that, you know, it's, it's first recognizing that I don't have control, that I'm powerless over other people, places, and things, and then realizing that uh, I, I have to ultimately take responsibility, though, for everything that happens in my company, right? Mm-hmm. I have no control over what other people do, but I am ultimately responsible. If I have an employee who doesn't deliver what I promised the client we were going to deliver, I, so one really important thing, I think, comes out of this. If I... If I don't take responsibility, if I say, oh, well, it's, you know, it's Erica's fault. You know, she didn't do what she was supposed to, right? Can't control me. You, can't, you got no power over me. I got no power over you. But also, I've taken all the power away from myself from being able to do anything about it. By, right. by throwing you under the bus and saying, oh, it's Erica's fault. I, now, I've got, I've got nothing for my client, right? Sure. On the other hand, if I take responsibility then what I'm able to do is, t- is take control over what I can control, which is me and what I'm going to do. Exactly. And if I can go to my client and say, hey, you know what? I don't know what happened. Let me research it. Let me find out. And I will get back to you. And then the important thing is I got to get back to them, right? Mm-hmm. And now that's getting a little bit into the solution. But I think it's important to distinguish that it's one thing and it's important to recognize what and where I'm powerless over. And then it's also important to recognize that just because I acknowledge that I'm powerless over something doesn't mean I can't take responsibility ultimately. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about a business, you know, I think that's important. I have to take the ultimate responsibility for everything that ever goes wrong in my company. It's my fault. As soon as I make it my fault, then I can do something about it. Mm-hmm. I can work with an employee and say, hey, and, and instead of berating somebody for making a mistake, let's say, which is what I used to experience as an employee, I can start working with people and saying, hey, Maybe I just, you know, take the responsibility onto myself and say, I did a bad job of teaching. Let mm-hmm. me teach you better. Let me show you mm-hmm. how to do this. Let me show you a better way, a more efficient way, whatever. So that's when I start really being able to do something about this. And again, we're going to get more into this later on, but I think right. it's important to, to look at that now. Well, and I think, too, the other sort of trap to this, this being powerlessness is um, people... I, I won't even talk about people. I'll talk about myself. The first time I heard of this about the concept of that I'm powerless over people, places, and things, I, in a way, was kind of like, Ugh, well, then what's the point, right? I mean, why even bother setting goals? Why even bother trying? Because if you're powerless over everything, then what's the point, right? And I think that's kind of the other trap. That's not at all what we're talking about. 
you know, you continue to set the goals, you continue to, to show up and, and, and bring on new employees. And, and, you know, and if maybe you're not an entrepreneur yet, maybe you're thinking about starting a business, you know, you can go ahead, do it, get out there, but stay out of those results, mm-hmm. right? Stay out of whatever those other places and things are going to do and focus on what you can do. Right. You know, and that's, and that's the important thing about powerlessness is recognizing first what I have no control over, which is other people's places and things, but then also recognizing exactly where I do have control. I have control over myself. I have control over my own actions and thoughts and beliefs, and I have control over what I do about something, right? Yeah. So, again, that goes back to then taking the responsibility and saying, that's what I do have control over. You know, there's an expression that I heard a while back that I love that says, if I'm pointing my finger at someone else, I've got three fingers pointing right back at myself, right? Right. And I think that's important to remember. Yeah. You know, we, 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 and, and that's where we do get power, right? That's where we do start to be able to tap into a power is, is within the realization that I do have power and control over me. And in fact, what I found is it relieves me of a big burden to know that mm-hmm. the only thing I have to worry about now is where, where I do have power and control, which is over myself, Right. Yeah. Things are going to go wrong in my business. Things are going to go really sideways at times. Question is, how am I handling it? Yeah, I know. I know for myself, I've I've spent a lot of years, you know, really, you know, white knuckling that control and and really pushing, you know, my way. And 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 when things start to slip or things start to look like they might go away, you know, in different jobs or different scenarios, and grabbing on, like clutching onto those things and hanging on for dear life because I can't, like. I have to have the control over this, you know, and, and even not even just in business sense, but just in life in general. And what I found is that when I'm operating from that place, I'm spending a lot of extra energy gripping and clutching and pulling and pushing and all of that stuff, right? Meanwhile, opportunities are knocking at the door and they're, they're leaving because I'm, I'm so focused on this thing that I can't control. Mm-hmm right? That I'm missing all of these other things that are coming in my, coming my way. Right. Right. You know, and, and I, I spent, I spent so much energy and so much time trying to control the impossible, right. you know, and, and, and once I finally got a grasp on this concept that, that I'm powerless over a lot of things, in fact, most things except myself, I mean, yeah, talk about the, the burden being lifted, you know, I mean, I, I had room to breathe again. And all of a sudden, I found I had a lot of extra time to, like, focus on the things, focus on myself, focus on the things that I can change and the things that I can offer and do, rather than, you know, getting stuck in that trap of, I'm going to get this thing and it's, you know, I'm going to fix it. Right. Right. And that anger consumes us if we let it. Right. And it could absolutely self can destroy us more than the thing that went wrong that led to the anger in the first place. Right. Oh, totally. And I heard a really great actually. Um, it was uh, I was at a, a Buddhist meditation, a Buddhist temple meditation. And they the guy said something that has stuck with me ever since. He said, anger is like poison. If if even a drop of it went in drink, you would throw the drink away. You, you just wouldn't even take a chance. You know, so even the slightest little thing that throws us off of our day in something that we're powerless over, it's like drinking that cup, right? It's like, it's like like ingesting that poison and then waiting to see what it's going to do to us. 
you know, because it gets out of control easily. Oh, you yeah. know? And like you were talking about, it will cause us to miss opportunities. The things that we're angry about, let's say we lose a client and we get really angry because we really don't think we should have lost that client. And we think it's because the client, it's the client's fault because they didn't understand or it's our employee's fault because they didn't do what they were supposed to. And we start thinking about all this. And what we don't realize is that oftentimes in my own experience, the loss of that client opens up our arms to bring in the next new thing that turns out to be yes. much better anyway. I've learned over the years not to worry about those kinds of things because, in fact, I've let clients go where the relationship felt toxic. And, and I swear it's been consistent. Every time I let a client like that go, I get three new better clients right behind them. It's like almost by letting them go, I'm sending a message to the universe that, hey, I have faith, you're going to take care of this. And I swear every time three new clients come in, they're all better clients. And if you add up the revenue, it's always more than what I lost when I lost the client that I lost. Mm -hmm. We got to take a quick break. And then we'll come back after this break. And we'll talk about the next segment of uh, On the Road to Authenticity, Powerlessness. And we're going to talk about the solution. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Intuit QuickBooks is dedicated to powering prosperity around the globe for accountants, small businesses, consumers, and the self-employed. With products and services like QuickBooks Online Accountant and the QuickBooks Pro Advisor Program, accounting professionals can save time, grow their practice, and act as strategic advisors to their small business clients. By working together as partners, Intuit can help you leverage the latest technologies and work with you to create tomorrow's future innovations. Go to Quick books.intuit.com to find out more. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Nerd Enterprises Incorporated is a numbers agency. We offer a wide range of services, from bookkeeping to financial modeling and cash flow projections. Our consulting services enable you to do what you do best by giving us the accounting and back office tasks that we do best. Nerd Enterprises, Inc. is one of the worldwide leaders in QuickBooks, Microsoft Excel, and other productivity-based training. If it's one-to-one or one-to-many, we log in with you so you can share your screen and we get you through it. Plus, all sessions are recorded, so you can review those recordings anytime you like afterwards. For more information, visit nerdenterprises.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Authentic Accountant Podcast. To find out more, email Seth at NerdEnterprises.com. That's Seth at NerdEnterprises.com. Now, back to the Authentic Accountant Podcast. Welcome back to the Authentic Accountant Podcast. My name is Seth David. I'm here with my co-host. Hey guys, I'm still Erica Ed. Erica Ed. Welcome back. (laughs) So, uh... 
you know, speaking of, uh, you know, issues of running a business and, you know, trying to provide uh, a platform where people can come and get help and get advice and guidance. Did you know, Erica, that's the whole basis on which I started 97 and up? I did know that. That's why my favorite thing about that, actually. I know you knew that. I actually knew that you knew that. <laughs> um, so I don't know why I asked you. I could have just said, hey, Erica, I know that you know that I know that you know about 97 and up. So, but it was a good setup, though. It was. It was a good setup. <laughs> so all kidding aside, you know, it really is how I built that program because over the years, you know, when I started out, my plan was to serve small business owners. Unwittingly along the way, I found that other accountants and bookkeepers, for some strange reason, actually liked what I was doing. And long story short, they were coming to me frequently and saying, hey, how do you handle this? And there were not questions about accounting as much as there were questions about how to run an accounting or bookkeeping practice. Mm -hmm. And so I sat down one day. I was a little fired up, to be honest. And I was like, let me just write an outline. And I wanted to create like the epic program for accountants and bookkeepers for today because there have been books that were written 20 years ago that a lot of people still read. And the fundamentals of accounting haven't changed. Those books are still very applicable in that regard. But what has changed tremendously is the landscape on which we operate, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I wrote a program, I wrote a course that was based on helping people in today's landscape you know, using those same accounting fundamentals. And that's really what the 97 Note program is all about. I've loved the feedback I've gotten recently from people who have told me that they can't wait for the twice weekly calls that we do every Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah. A lot of us work remotely and it gets lonely. So this is sometimes our only way out and to be with yeah. people is in our call. So I'm, I, I got to say selfishly, I'm really enjoying the heck out of this thing. I really love working with these other accountants and bookkeepers. Yeah, it's, um, it's a very valuable experience, I think, for for those who, who do it. And, you know, yeah, I think this is great. And a lot of the questions that come up are questions that really concern themselves with what we're talking about here, you know, with powerlessness. Hey, I, you know, I have this difficult client. I don't know how to deal with them. Right. And the first solution is identify the problem, right? That's the first part of any solution. Yes. If I don't know of a problem. If I can't solve a problem, I don't know I have. <laughs> That's right. Right. And I, another expression I heard once, it's a little confusing at first. So bear with me on this, but it says self can't reveal itself to self. Exactly. And what that means is, I'll repeat it, self cannot reveal itself to self, meaning I can't solve a problem I have on my own. I need help. Mm -hmm. I need to reflect on other people. I need friends like you, Erica, who can hold up a mirror and say, you know what, hey, Seth, I think you're going about this all wrong, right? People are going to do it in a supportive and constructive manner. So the mm -hmm. first solution is I have to be willing to admit that I have a problem, right? Otherwise, I can't solve a problem I don't think I have. Right. Right. And so that's kind of what we started to talk about, you know, in the last segment. But here I really want to focus on the solution. The first step is identifying the problem. No question. I have yeah. to understand, you know what? This client just pissed me off. I'm really angry right now. And I have to acknowledge the anger and become aware of it. We talked about awareness. And mm -hmm. I have to recognize, holy crap, I'm really angry right now. And one of the things I've learned, and it took me a long time, and I'm still learning to practice on it properly, but recognizing that when I'm really angry, I'm in no shape to do anything about anything. Mm -hmm. I need to find a way to go cool off, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so we're going to talk about that in the third segment, you know, getting into action and what to actually do about it. But focusing on the solution, we've got to identify the problem. And then what's the next thing we need to do, Erica? Well, I think at that point, especially in terms of what we're talking about here today with being powerless, is working towards acceptance, Mm -hmm. Right. So if we can admit that powerlessness is our problem 
and that we can't control people, places, and things, what can we do? Well, the only thing left to do is to accept those things. Right. And that's not something that just happens. That's not like I, you know, take it from my experience. It's not something that I just woke up one day and said, I'm going to accept this. You know, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot more awareness. It takes a lot of like daily checking in and seeing how you're, you know, responding to things and how those, how that, that control acceptance sort of struggle is, is going, you know, and it's something that takes, I mean, probably years in all honesty to, to like really work towards is, is gaining that acceptance and, and, and gaining it little by little where, wherever you can. Right. You know, it's, it's funny. I've been studying a book recently called Emotional Intelligence 2.0. And mm-hmm. right in the beginning of the book, the author describes a guy who's swimming in the ocean and he gets attacked by a shark. And it's a true story. Mm-hmm. And the guy, obviously, as anybody would in a situation like that, goes into a complete panic. And he goes through all the stages. He panics and he gets angry. But ultimately, the way he gets away and survives the shark attack is he's able to gain his composure. And it starts with his awareness because he becomes aware, hey, I'm reacting. And mm-hmm. it's not that there's anything wrong. It's a perfectly normal reaction, but mm-hmm. it's a reaction nonetheless. So the first thing I need to do is become aware of it. Mm-hmm. And then now that I've become aware of it, awareness is the whole key because as soon as I become aware of it, it can be arrested. I can stop it right there. Yeah. Because I can become aware and say, holy crap, I'm being attacked by a shark. And if I stay in a state of panic, I'm done. Right? Yeah. But if I become aware of the fact that I'm in a panic, as appropriate as that reaction might be, I need to stop it so I can take a breath and get my presence of mind. And the book goes on. I recommend everybody get it mm-hmm. because the book goes on to describe how he gained his composure and was able to thwart off the shark. I think at one point, if I remember correctly, he manages to sock the shark like right in the nose. And that has a way of making the shark like the shark has a natural instinctive reaction to that. And that gives him just enough time to start to get away. And it goes through the whole thing. But I think the lesson from that in terms of what we're talking about here is how important that awareness really is. And that's the first step. We have to become aware of our emotions. And as soon as we do, we can arrest those emotions And then we can remove emotions from the equation and deal with things matter of fact. Yeah, because I think people make decisions all the time out of those emotions, whether it's panic, not not that you're, you know, getting attacked by sharks, but I think we panic in our businesses often. Um, You know, I think there's panic, there's anger, there's there's sadness and depression, there's fear. You know, and there's also the good stuff. There's there's overjoy. There's there's, you know, almost. maybe mania, like, like when things are going so good, you get manic and you start making decisions out of that place, you know? And, and I think we would all agree from a rational standpoint that making decisions out of those emotions is never the best way to handle our, our business decisions or even our life decisions, really, you know? And I think if you were to ask people like just on the street, you know, uh, do you make decisions that based and out of emotion? I think probably most people would say, no, 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 I'm, I'm much more logical than that. I'm much more rational, you know, because people don't even realize when they're doing it. You know, and I, so I think, yeah, I think becoming aware of your emotions is very, very important to this whole process because if you're sort of just reacting, there's not a lot of awareness in that. Right. And therefore, there's even less control in that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I, when I was, you know, growing up and even to the point where I got into the stage of my life where I had started my own company, where Nerd Enterprises mm-hmm. was very new. Uh, I, I remember my first experience having difficulty with a client 
And this client was, I suspect, a bit of a narcissist. You know, she liked to gaslight people. Like the mm -hmm. first time I met with her, I was referred to her by a CPA who I've done work with for many years. And he had sent me with an engagement letter because it was that time of year where he just needed to have her sign the letter. And the letter always asked for a retainer. Mm -hmm. I was just the messenger. I came there and I said, by the way, you know, Barry asked me to hand this to you. And she looks at it, she glances at it, and, I, and she got very, um, what's the word, just sort of belligerent. Like she threw it to the side and said, what's this, you know? And like right off the bat, that's how she's starting off with me. Anyway, mm -hmm. fast forward, I'm working with her. I'm sending a bookkeeper to her like two to three days a week, right? Billing her about $900 a week on that basis because it was a lot of hours. Mm -hmm. And she was always behind on paying me. And I, so I, when I first confronted her about it, saying, hey, look, I really need a payment. I've got to pay my bookkeeper, and I count on you paying me in order to do that. You know, I can lay out so much money up front, but eventually I need to get paid. And it reached the point where I said, you know, I've, I've really, I got to stop work. I can't keep sending her to you. Yeah. And her response to that, which was such BS, she says, she says, well, how am I supposed to write you a check if my bookkeeper's not here? And I just... <laughs> It took everything I had not to come back and say, come on, give me a break. Like, you really don't know how to write a check. And ultimately, right. we agreed that, she, you know, I would send the bookkeeper one more time on the condition that she left there with a check. I said, yeah. fine. But so, you made that decision from a rational place. You didn't make it from that emotional place that would have popped off and said, oh, come on. Like, you can't write your own check. Come on, give me a break. Because in, in that anger, you may have you may have, you know, started into that argument, which is ultimately what she probably was looking for. The only reason I think I was able to maintain my composure was because of the relationship I had with the guy who sent me to her. And I didn't want, I, out of respect for him, I wasn't going to go off on the lady. But I'll tell you where it did affect me. And this is where it gets into where I think these kinds of problems really affect us and where we start to really need a solution. Because for the, I, I never had a problem in my life sleeping. You know, it was always, I put my head down after a day, I fall asleep, no problems. This was the first time I think I experienced real anxiety in my life where I, I put my head down and my mind is like replaying the conversation. And then my mind is suggesting all the things I should have, could have, or would have said to her that would have put her in her place. And what I was really experiencing was an obsession of the mind, right? My mind wouldn't stop and I yeah. couldn't shut it off. And I'm up all night now. And now I've lost a whole night of sleep over this awful client who was really just gaslighting me. And I think being very intentional about that, you know, I think mm -hmm. she liked getting a rise out of people. And, I, and now my whole, night, I, my whole day is ruined the next day because I haven't slept well. And so one thing plays into the next. And now I'm exhausted. I'm less, I'm, I've lost focus, right? Mm -hmm. And then what mm -hmm. happens, then the next person comes along and sets me off, right? The next person on the next day, totally unrelated to this client, right? Says something that rubs me the wrong way. And next thing I know, I'm punishing that person for all of the wrongs that others have done me for all the years before, right? And it's, I overreact, right? right? And right. that's where the real problem comes up because this is where we can, if we're not focused and aware of our emotions and how our emotions are driving us in these times, that's where we destroy relationships permanently, right? Right. 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 Because when you overreact on somebody who hasn't done anything wrong, it's sort of like, whoa, it, you know, it's even, I mean, it's not an attractive thing to happen anyways, even when you do, you know, quote unquote, deserve it. But, but when, when you're sort of just the innocent bystander that sort of ends up getting all the dump, junk dumped on you because of something that happened to some, to happen to you the day before with a totally different client. Now we're really entering into like wrongdoing. You know, because now you're actually attacking someone for something they had nothing, even not even a part in, you know. Right. Yeah, that's. Ugh. 
And that obsession can distress. I mean, I can tell you, I still experience it sometimes. You know, if somebody gets me upset, I could be in a meeting with somebody. I can be in a one-on-one and I'll see a message pop up like a notification on my phone. And it's mm-hmm. from somebody that I'm starting to get angry at because they're not giving me the answers I'm looking for. And, you know, you talked about fear. One th- important thing I learned about fear comes in many forms. Boils down to really two. Whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, and, and anger is really just the mask for fear. There's something I'm afraid of that's triggering that anger in almost mm-hmm. every case, right? Mm-hmm. And what does it really boil down to? I'm af- either afraid I'm not going to get something I want, or I'm afraid I'm going to lose something I have. Right. Like, I'm afraid I'm not going to get paid by this client, or I'm afraid I'm going to lose the client and lose the income. Mm-hmm. Right? That's as one example. Mm-hmm. So when I, again, that helps me because when I become aware of that and I become aware of my anger and now I understand where the anger is coming from and I can start to ask myself, what is it I'm really afraid of here? And ultimately, if I realize that I'm afraid I'm going to lose the client, then all of a sudden there's a very different approach to take, which mm-hmm. is what's really going on with the client. Instead of going off on them and saying, you need to pay me, right? I can just very calmly say to the client, hey, you know what? Can you do me a favor? Can you you know, help me out here. I'm just trying to figure out, I'm trying to plan my cash flow. Can you let me know when I can expect the payment? Mm-hmm. You know, it hasn't come yet. I thought it was going to be here by now. And I just want to plan and I don't want to overpromise people based on thinking I'm going to have money. I don't have, you know, there's ways to appeal to people and ways to get them to mm-hmm. work with us and partner with them and say, and instead of going off on them and trying to exert control over them, because we know now that we have no control over them, try and, Get their sympathy, right? Try and get them to sympathize and empathize with us and say, hey, you know what? I, I just need your help. You know, I'm doing the work. I'm hoping you can pay me for it, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really simple way to uh, start approaching, uh, you know, working towards a solution. Yeah. I, and I think, you know, the, the key to all of that, what's, what you're talking about there is, is really that acceptance. And because without that, that's, you know, by trying to, 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 to manage it all, by not admitting that we're powerless, that's where it comes in that, that obsession of the mind. And, and the only way to get rid of the obsession of the mind is to accept whatever it is that's going on, right? Because what you talked about is that night as you're trying to go to sleep, you're running back through the day. And I mean, I know there's countless numbers of us out there listening to this that have done this, that have had the argument or, or experienced whatever the, whatever the incident was. And then we've relived it a hundred different ways in our heads at night. If only I would have done this or, oh, or I could have said that. And the next time I will say this, and then I'm going to do that. And then I'm going over here and then I'm going over there. And now what acceptance is, is not even a shadow in the room anymore. It's, it's gone. Right. So ultimately, the solution to all of this lies in acceptance. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what we're going to get into next. Right. When we when we sort of in the next segment, when we get into action with all of it. Right. And then just remembering that focusing on what I can control, I control myself and I can control my reactions to things. And again, just using the example of the customer not paying, it comes down to well, what it came down to with that client I described. I basically said, look, I've got to stop. I can't continue providing the service. It's up to me to make that decision. If I go on so long that, you know, and I remember not long ago reading about something like this in, a, in one of our Facebook groups where somebody described a situation where a client owed them like thousands because they worked for six months without getting a single payment from the client. At a certain point, that becomes my fault, right? Because I'm the one who's responsible for establishing the boundary and deciding where it stops. If you don't pay the electric bill, the electric company turns off your electricity. 
If you mm-hmm. don't pay your nerd bill, nerd cuts off the services at a certain point, you know. And then mm-hmm. the other solution that I found, because I just couldn't deal with, I hated when people made me chase them for money. So I turned the whole model around and set up a system where we get paid up front by everyone pretty much all the time. And whenever I have made an exception, I've found that I live to regret it. So no more exceptions. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into action. We're going to talk about, we've identified the problem of powerlessness. We've started to talk about the solutions. And in in segment three, we're going to get into action here. We're going to talk about what you can do about it, especially when you find that you're in that moment where you're heated, you're angry, and your obsession is kicking off, and you cannot stop thinking about this. We're going to talk about what you can do about it. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Nerd Enterprises Incorporated is a numbers agency. We offer a wide range of services from bookkeeping to financial modeling and cash flow projections. Our consulting services enable you to do what you do best by giving us the accounting and back office tasks that we do best. Nerd Enterprises, Inc. is one of the worldwide leaders in QuickBooks, Microsoft Excel, and other productivity-based training. If it's one-to-one or one-to-many, we log in with you so you can share your screen and we get you through it. Plus, all sessions are recorded so you can review those recordings anytime you like afterwards. For more information, visit Nerd Enterprise. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Intuit QuickBooks is dedicated to powering prosperity around the globe for accountants, small businesses, consumers, and the self-employed. With products and services like QuickBooks Online Accountant and the QuickBooks Pro Advisor Program, accounting professionals can save time, grow their practice, and act as strategic advisors to their small business clients. By working together as partners, Intuit can help you leverage the latest technologies and work with you to create tomorrow's future innovations. Go to Quick books.intuit.com to find out more. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Authentic Accountant Podcast. To find out more, email Seth at nerdenterprises.com. That's Seth at nerdenterprises.com. Now, back to the Authentic Accountant Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to segment three of episode four, step one on the road to authenticity. And we really want to learn, I think, to live our lives based on authenticity. We want to be authentic. We want to be real with people. We don't want to mislead people. We don't want to BS people. We want to learn to live our our lives in a way that's uh, what I like to refer to and based on what I've learned from reading a book called The One Minute Millionaire, we call it living above the line right? If you're at the line, it means you're just in compliance. You're doing what you have to do at a minimum. Above the line means you're actually living with real integrity, 
you know, and really conducting yourself in a professional manner and in a compassionate manner if we're talking about things in your personal life, right? And that's really what we're trying to get at here. And this is the first step, I think, in that direction, which is, you know, again, recognizing where we have power, where we don't have power, understanding that awareness is the key to that. And once we come up with that awareness, once we become aware, hey, you know what, I am really pissed off. And I had it happen yesterday. I actually, what what I've learned to do is be very point blank honest. And I wrote an email to the guy when it came to the point where I was feeling really angry. And I told him point blank, I said, hey, you know what, I'm really frustrated right now. I just said it. And by saying it, I disarm it and I diffuse it. And then, and now we want to talk about, so what do we do? So, okay, I, I'm, I'm pissed off. Maybe I'm even on the phone with a client, right? And I'm really angry. I'm not happy with what the client is telling me. I, I don't feel like the client is being fair with me, whatever the case is. What do I do in that moment? And sometimes the best thing to do, especially if you're face to face with it, is to just, as soon as you become aware of it, you can arrest it. And even, you can even, I can even say to somebody, hey, you know what? I think I need to take a break. And then, so step one in that is just walk away, right? Mm-hmm. Get out of the situation that you're in. Get yourself into a different room, into a different environment. Erica, what do you think? Well, I mean, I think, you know, in an ideal world, yeah, leave the room, leave the situation. That's not always um, practical. You know, I mean, there are a lot of things that come up throughout my day that I can't just walk away from. But the one thing I like to do is get out of myself, right? So even if I'm, you know, if I'm in a situation where I can leave, then leave. Great. Go do something else. Go take a break. But if I'm in a situation, especially if I'm on the phone with a client or if I'm face-to-face with someone or with a vendor or a colleague or an employee or whatever, um, when I tend to lash out, it's because, again, I'm trying to control that. If I get out of myself, if I accept, accept that this is, this, this, is, this is the reality right now, right? And I get out of myself and I can look at that person with some semblance of compassion and I can say, internally, most likely, how can I be of service to this person? Right. What can I do for you? <laughs> right. Even when you are maddening, even when, when I want to like, break things in the room because of whatever has happened and how could you and, you know, all of those things that we feel, right? Or if I'm in fear, maybe I'm in a lot of fear that I'm, I'm, I'm about to lose this client. That's a chunk of my income. That's, that's maybe all of my income in some cases, you know? And that fear can drive us to do or say things that later we, we regret, right? Um, get out of yourself, you know? Work with the other person. Go find someone to help, you know, find a way to be of service to either the situation or to the, to the company or to the person that you're dealing with or the vendor that you're dealing with or whatever, you know, because, because that immediately diffuses whatever I have going on for myself, mm-hmm. right? Yep. I think another thing is trying to go out of your way to understand the other person, right? And that's where the compassion really comes in. Years ago, I remember we had just bought our home. And, you know, I was busy doing a lot of things, both professionally building up my business and personally doing the things that I do in my personal life. And a lot of it was taking me out of the house, right? I was out a lot. I was going away a lot. I was traveling for business, going and speaking and things. And my wife was starting to, you know, express her frustration with the fact that I was never around, 
Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to a guy who was very much a mentor of mine at the time and saying to him, I don't understand. Like, doesn't she understand that I'm doing this all for us and on and on. And I was just complaining and going off and, and he kind of listened quietly and he's this like real spiritual guy, real calm, you know, doesn't really react much, which is why I look up to him so much. Because I, I kind of want what he has, you know, I want to mm-hmm. learn to be more like him, like just not so reactive. And so after I was done, he kind of looks at me, waits till I paused for a good couple of seconds. And he's like, are you done? <laughs> and I said, I said, yeah. I said, yeah. He's like, he says, try and understand where she's coming from, but try and understand what she's saying beneath the surface of what she's mm-hmm. saying. And I'm looking at him like, okay. Like I had no idea what he was driving at. Yeah. He says, she misses you. She loves you. Imagine that she's upset that you're not around because she wants you around. Mm-hmm. You know, try and imagine another scenario where she's glad to get rid of you. And that's when you should be worried. That's when you should be upset. Right. right. And when he gave me that perspective, I was able to go out of my way to understand where she was coming from. I was no longer angry with her. I was able to actually appreciate this woman loves me. She wants me around. That's why she's upset. What am I getting upset for? Right. All of a sudden, the whole thing, it's all perspective. The whole thing gets turned around. So going out of my way to understand where somebody's coming from. If a client's not paying me, there may be one of two reasons why they're not paying me. Either they don't think they're getting what I promised them, right? So maybe it's time to ask them, hey, are you okay with everything? Is there something more that I could be doing? Is there something I'm not doing that you expect? Just have a meeting with the client and say, let's, let's reset the expectations. Maybe that's what we need to do here. And maybe it's just that they simply don't have the money and they're too embarrassed to admit that, right? But we have to give them – somebody said this to me recently and I loved it. You know, our job, I think, in life and especially in business is to make people feel comfortable, to make people feel safe, especially when you're in a service business, right? My job as a consultant is to make my clients, my colleagues, my employees, to make everybody around me feel safe. Because if I can help them to feel safe, then they're going to be much more comfortable being honest with me about where their concerns are. If they're afraid I'm going to go off on them, it's not likely they're going to come to me and say, hey, Seth, I have a concern, right? So. And that's, I think, where the working with others really comes in, is working with others to try and understand mm-hmm. them, understand what, they, understand what their fears are. What are they afraid they're not going to get or what are they afraid of lo- losing? Yeah. And I think so many things in our lives are, are the result of miscommunication or, or non-communication even. You know, and I think I, I love that story of getting get, what, what is she saying underneath it all? Because, you know, when we're out there operating in the world, we're not, we're not being vulnerable you know, we don't live in a world where vulnerability is really valued, you know, so we're not out there saying like, you know, listen, Seth, I really miss you. Can you come home? You know, it's like we, we shrouded in all of these other things that, that, you know, show that, well, like we're in control and we've got it. We've, I, I got this right. And, and that shrouds our communication and all that stuff. And so, yeah, it's like, it's really about getting to the heart of, I mean, ultimately what we're doing when we offer a service is we're solving problems. Right. So I like to look at it as like, how can I solve these problems with you? You know, in order to do that, we have to communicate. I need to know what what is going on with you. And that's true of any relationship in any situation. I need to know what what's happening and how can I help? Because ultimately, that's what that's what we're trying to do here. You know, right. Yeah, how can I be of service? And sometimes the best way to diffuse a situation I found is to, like when I realize that I'm in conflict with somebody and we're arguing, let's say, is to sometimes just stop and say, hey, hey, Erica, you know what? I'm on your side. 
Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, that phrase right there, I'm on your side, is the perfect diffuser because then it's it like breaks yeah. down the barriers and it's like, okay, so let's work together. Let's figure this yeah. out. Let's help one another. You, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, all that kind of good stuff, yeah. right? No, but, and that's a great, and that's a great way to put it too. Mm-hmm. Because because we do we get we get into these moments where it's like it's you against me and one of us has to win, <laughs> right? And at the end of the day, it's not even about winning. We're not playing a game. This isn't baseball. Come on, you know, like we're just trying to get something done. We're trying to accomplish something, whatever that might be. So if we're on the same team and we're working together towards that, then we both end up happy, right. you know. And and ultimately, I think that's that's that maybe that's a good analogy to use. Yeah. The, 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 it's not about winning you where know? we both win. Let's both win. Right. Exactly. That's what, that's what living above the line is all about, especially in the context of a business relationship. It's about not trying to make money at the expense of somebody else, but we're yeah. but, but getting into business deals where everyone profits. Right. If somebody's yeah. paying us, and, to do the, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just gonna say that if, if you're, if you're really truly operating from a place of being of service to someone else, right. How, how valuable are you to that person? Right. And so if your business is about being of service, like truly being of service, selfish, self, selfless service, <laughs> um, you know, then you make yourself invaluable to your customers, to your clients, to your colleagues, to your to everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it really is. It, 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 it comes back to you. Whatever you give away, it's coming back in droves. I'm so glad you said that, actually, because I was just having this discussion with my wife this week, and we were talking about, you know, just like working places and coworkers and whatnot, and, you know, sometimes we might be in a situation where we become aware that a coworker is going to lose their job, right? And that's obviously never a good thing, mm-hmm. but... I think we always have to ask ourselves, and of course, giving it context, you know, there's lots of reasons why people lose their jobs. Oftentimes, it has nothing to do with them or their capabilities. You know, companies just don't do well, and they have to downsize, and they have to cut somebody somewhere. But here's the thing that I love what you said about value is because if I am, let's say I'm an employee, and I'm working somewhere, the more I can work to be of service to my employer the more valuable I make myself to that employer, the less likely I'm going to be the one that gets the cut when that time comes. For sure. It's going to be the guy that's phoning it in every time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And I've been that guy. Right. I I mean, I have, I really have phoned in some jobs, you know, and I got fired. (laughs) It's like, whatever, you know, it is what it is. But, but, but when I really sit down and start to add value in the way of, of being of service and how can I help? And I come in with that kind of an attitude. It's like, it's the difference is night and day. Right. You know, and that's, that's been such a blessing. And, and then there's some other things I, I, that I kind of want to get to um, that, that are sort of about, you know, you sort of getting into action with yourself, you know, things that you can do alone, like um, that help get out of yourself and help, help you build that, what I like to call pause. Because what I find when I'm doing some of these things that I'm about to talk about, um, I, I have, there's a pause there. So when something happens, someone, someone, some random thing happens, that's not, not what I'm expecting or not at all what I want to happen. When I'm active in these activities, like meditation um, and, and, and helping other people and, and getting out of myself, I have this nice little pause there that I can choose how I want to react. When I'm not doing those things, and I'm just and I'm just sort of reacting to life as it's happening. There's no pause there. I can't. I can't. 
and then I'm just reacting, right? Right. right. It's, I love that you mentioned meditation. And, you know, anybody who's known me for a minute knows I'm a big fan of the app Calm.com. And no, they're not a sponsor yet. Maybe they will be um, <laughs> because I'm constantly mentioning them. But one of the meditations that I use frequently on this app talks about how the mind is like a glass of muddy water. And the more I let it calm, Right. Mm. The more I let my mind quiet, the clearer it becomes. The mud kind of falls to the bottom and the water I like becomes that. clearer. That's really cool. I love cool. that image because it makes me realize how important it is to spend time quieting my mind. Yeah. And I'm not perfect about it by any means. But if I'm following what I've prescribed for myself in terms of my whole time management plan, the very thing we do at the very beginning of the process in 97 and up is we do a whole time management exercise. And part of it is incorporating meditation twice a day, right? Mm-hmm. In a perfect world, I'm doing a meditation in the morning and I like their deep concentration meditation because that's where it talks about focus, calming mm-hmm. down, mm-hmm. getting that clear glass of water. And then in the evening, I like to, in a perfect day, I'll do another meditation that's more about relaxing and doing what I'm about to do, which is get to sleep, mm-hmm. quieting my mind so I don't get those obsessions that we get, right? Another yep. tip that we got from somebody recently like especially back to when you're in that moment of anger. And I love this tip. I'm actually going to try and put this one into practice because there's one right near my house is go to the batting cage, mm-hmm. right? I love that idea. I know we want to give people some action items to take away and we just got a few minutes left. So one is definitely incorporate meditation. But I think there's two lists that we've identified, Erica, that we want people to try and make, right? Go ahead. Do you want to explain it? Um, sure. So the first list being um, make a list of the things that you're powerless over. And I think that this really helps uh, sort of identify and make it really clear what those things are, you know, and once you've made the list, you're powerless over. Right. right. Once you've, once you've made the list of the things that you're powerless over, you become very aware, almost hyper aware of those things, you know, and, and some things may be particular points, you know, pain points for you right now in your business. You know, make sure to get those down on the list. Um, and the second list is um, list the things that you want to do the next, that you will do the next time you become aware that you're in that sort of reactive mode. So it's fine to say like, you know, acceptance, acceptance, acceptance. And when you find yourself in this situation, just react differently. Except that when we're in the situation, ugh, it's way too late to figure out what you're going to do to react differently. So make that list now. Right. Identify, list out, you know, maybe it's, I mean, what would you have on your list, Seth? So, the, you know, the first list, things I'm powerless over, just to keep it very general for now, but I want people to get more specific when they do this at home, is I'm powerless over people, other people, places, and things, right? So I can start right there. And then the next list, the things I'll do the next time I become aware I'm in a reactive mode, the next time I become aware that I'm angry, like we discussed earlier, if possible, I'm going to walk away. Maybe I'll go to the batting cage, or maybe I'll grab my mobile device with my calm.com app. And what I love about that app is I can even do five minutes of meditation. You can set the time frame, but even five minutes of quieting my mind has got to help. And if Mm -hmm. I can afford to do longer, do longer. So definitely get more in the habit of grabbing that meditation. And you know, I don't, I think I would respect it if I was on the phone with somebody or even face to face with somebody and we were clearly getting into some kind of a conflict and that person said to me, Hey, you know what? I think it's best we take a break. I would totally respect that. 
I would probably react to that by saying, you know what, you're right. Let's just take a walk, take a breath, and then we'll come back in 15 minutes and resume when we're in a better frame of mind. Somebody once said to me, I love this phrase, you know, cooler heads will prevail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the key to all of this, you know, I mean, find, find creative ways to solve the, solve your, the problems that you find that are recurring for you in your business or in your life um, based on that list of powerless items that you come up with. And um, the key to all of it, stay out of the results. Right. Stay out of the results. Absolutely. We need to wrap up uh, another great episode here. Episode number four, step one on the road to authenticity. I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope you'll share this episode and all the other episodes with all of your friends and family. And I look forward to seeing you in the next one. Thank you for tuning in. New episodes of the Authentic Accountant Podcast are heard every week on the Voice America Business Channel and on your favorite podcast site. Please join Seth David and Erica Ed again soon for another edition and another complete story of success. The Authentic Accountant is sponsored by Intuit. Intuit helps you leverage the latest technologies and works with you to create tomorrow's future innovations for your firm. Visit quickbooks.intuit.com.